0: And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley.
1: Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, um, there's an old saying that's probably created by who knows who, but Tony Robbins used to say it all the time, that your belief system was held up by A table with three legs. One leg is your own personal past experience. One leg is your personal education. The other one is other people's past experience. So you've got people telling you what they think is true about the world. You've got what you think to be true about the world. And then you have what you were educated to believe about the world. And those three things can be wrong. That's the sad part about it. Today, we're going to go to the mailbag. And the first email I have for you is rather interesting to me because... It proves the point out that you can be looking right at the answer to the problem in your life and not see it. I'm not going to use any names because this was an email sent to me personally. It wasn't meant to be on the radio, but I'm going to go ahead and share it without the names in it, tell you a little bit of background about the, the person behind it. It says, I'm sure you get people thanking you all the time, but I feel the need to do so as well and also share a little story with you. Joining Lifestyles has been life-changing for us. I just can't believe I didn't listen to blank for the first 10 or so years, he was trying to get me to listen, laugh out loud. And here's a little story I wanted to share with you. I first met you at a Dallas Apartment Association event when you were thinking about expanding to Dallas. So this was before I even went to Dallas. That's got to be 20 years ago, A right? long time ago. And at the time, he was a VP of a very, very large multifamily property management company. Very large company. He was a VP of it. And... His friend, who had been trying to talk him into it, I had been trying to talk him into it for like two or three or four years also to get him to come over from the property management world. My argument was this. Look, you, both of you, are in the business. You know everything that you need to know. You know more than I know about how to operate apartments. And yet I'm a multimillionaire because of it, and you're still working. Good-paying job. Not to say it wasn't a good-paying job, but you're still working why don't you come with me and use that experience you have to build your own wealth? And at the same time, be able to help other people that don't know as much about operating properties as you do. And the story goes on. And here is a little story I wanted to share with you. I first met you at Dallas Apartment Association event where you were thinking about expanding to Dallas. I was president of the association at the time. So this guy was president of the Dallas Association. I'm talking to him about coming buying real estate. He's Still not only real estate, but he's president of the association. But you asked me if I'd be interested in helping with the dallas expansion i had my head so far up my w2 ass that i remember thinking why would i leave my executive level high-paying w2 job for some new startup venture everything happens for a reason but i look back on that and laughed at how dumb i was it's so hard for people like me that are hardwired into w2 mindset to jump into being an entrepreneur i just want to thank you for giving us such an awesome roadmap that makes it possible for every stubborn person like myself to see the light. So I think it's a perfect example, and I appreciate the the email from him, but it's a perfect example of what I've been up against ever since I started Lifestyles Unlimited, and that is the socialization into W-2 income. And you think about it. What do you get from having a job? Of course, you get income, but I think you get more than just income. You get security to some degree, that you think that income is going to be there forever, or at least it's going to be there next week or next month, next paycheck. You at least have security from paycheck to paycheck. You get some pride. It's an executive position. This guy was a VP of a very large company. If he wasn't the president, he might have been the president at the time. I'm not even sure. But he was way up there, either VP or, or president of this very large property management company who operated all over the country. So this guy was a you know, nationally renowned individual. And he didn't know me from the Man in the Moon because I was nobody from the Man in the Moon. And I'm still nobody from the Man in the Moon. But he couldn't see past that job. Now, what ended up happening, interestingly enough, is that the guy that I finally talked into coming here and working with us, he had agreed to do it. And when he agreed to do it, I said, OK, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and buy five apartment complexes. I'm going to let you, you start a management company and manage them. That way, you've got earned income. You've got something you know you know how to do, which is to be a property management company. You've got instant clients. I'll buy five properties. You can manage them for me. And uh, I'll get management out of it. And I'll get you uh, in, out of your situation into my life. And he agreed to do it. What was interesting... It was about one week before he's going to quit. His company called him and said, you know, we're downsizing. And so we're eliminating your position. And they gave him six months severance package. So when I saw him, he had that smirk on his face like a cat who just ate the bird out of the the bird cage, right? Had that grin. I said, what's going on, man? He says, you won't believe what happened, man. I said, no, what happened? They let me go. They let you go. I thought you were going to quit. I was. In a week, they let me go one week early and gave me six months worth of pay. So now, not only do I have these properties you're buying for me to manage, I've got this six months worth of pay as a cushion. And I said, you know, that's the way the universe works, isn't it? If you put it out there in the universe, what you want, the universe will bring it back to you. Great story. I appreciate him giving it to me. Let's see what the next one says here. So I want to share with you something that I'm witness yesterday but was truly impressive. Before I get into it I also want to say thank you for creating this amazing group. My name is Blank. I didn't ask her if I could use this. And I'm a third time lead who is in the middle of syndication. Being an introvert and a quiet person, I know that I'm not good at marketing myself since I've never been talking or a loud person. I started my raise yesterday for this deal and the target was to raise seven million dollars. I was really expecting to have to keep it for at least a week now, think about that. She's expecting to have to wait a week to raise $7 million. Some people would take them their lifetime to raise $7 bucks. But it was oversubscribed in four hours, exclamation, Explanation! Explanation! exclamation point. Four hours, explanation, explanation, explanation again. I could not believe myself. I actually had to turn off the subscription at four and a half hours, Mark, as I had hit 10 million in subscriptions. Now, she only needs 7 million, right? I know very well in my heart that this is not because of me. This is not because of this deal as a unicorn. It's truly happening because of you. Thank you, Dell. Thank you for creating this investment-friendly and healthy environment. Thank you for protecting the passives so well that they feel comfortable investing. It's truly a beneficial system that creates a win-win situation for both leads and passive investors. Uh, I've got another email that came in. It says, I've enjoyed listening to you for several years and respect your opinion on the Houston apartment market. I own a couple of rental properties in the area, including a 16-unit apartment complex that I built in 2008. As you well know, the current cap rates are about as good as they're going to get. The flip side of this is if you sell and want to stay in the game, we are immediately on the other side of the closing table with contract to buy at the same, very similar cap rates. In other words, very high price. I'm not sure I want to risk selling a property that I know well only to buy some other and less well-known property if I'm not going to get a reasonable discount for the risk. Recently, I heard you mention that you wished you had held on to some of your old properties even though you made good money on the sale. I'm interested in your thought process around the topic. Given the absence of real estate commissions and lower transaction costs, what would cause you to sell instead of refinance the property in the current market environment? The only reason in this market that I would sell property, like I I mentioned earlier in another radio show, uh, I wish I had some of the stuff back I had, because I owned it at just incredibly good prices that just cash flowed, like unbelievable cash flow. And I really, really miss that. The ones that I let go. And you go, well, you made a big capital gain. Yeah. So I've got money sitting in the bank right now. I can't figure out what to do with. I wish I would have held some of them. What would make you sell? Well, actually, the reason I did sell is that I got married. And when I got married, my wife made me promise I would get out of the Class C B minus apartment market. She is my property supervisor, and she just doesn't want to run those properties anymore. She didn't want to deal with those people. She did it for 20 years of her life, and uh, she was just tired of it. Says, okay, you know, we'll just buy Class A's then. So we started buying Class A apartments. So it was really location and clientele that made us sell more than anything else. It goes on and says, in my personal situation, I'm very low debt on most properties, and I am thinking about doing a cash-out refinance in the 50 to 70% LTV range on all of them instead of any sale. In 2008, the oldest property I own, and it's hard to stomach buying 1980, 1990 vintage product at a current cap rates. Yeah, there's no doubt. Refinancing it right now is the way to go. He said, uh, 2008's the oldest property I own, but even a 2008 property, which isn't that old... For him, what he could afford, he'd have to go back down to 1980s and 1990s vintage. When I started, I my first properties were 70s and 80s vintage properties. That's what I started with. That's where I cut my teeth. And um, I think I owned one 60s construction, but mostly, and I hated it too. By the way, it's amazing what 10 years does to a property. And every 10 years, generally. The type of construction changes, so you're competing against something completely different, and it holds you down. On the old days, the apartment industry used to be considered Class A, Class B, Class C, and Class D, which, of course, we called no class at all. What's happened, two things have really made this occur, is that there's no longer a Class D property anymore. There's now called, in fact, there's almost not even Class B and C. There's just Class A and then what they call blue-collar housing. In other words, there's no B, there's no C, and there's no D anymore. It's just all that stuff is now considered the same thing. And it's for two reasons they changed it. Number one, because most of the class D stuff had been bought up and repurposed, been remodeled and repositioned into class B product or at least C plus product. And the C's, a lot of that, majority of that stuff had been repositioned to class B's. And so, there wasn't that much of that old stuff. And you can't build old stuff. It's either it is old or it's not old, one of the two. And so, that product line started to go away. Secondly, they wanted to start being able to sell that Class D and C stuff at the same prices they were selling Class Bs for. So, they lumped it all into the same category. And now, they can sell a Class D at the same cap rate they sell a Class B, which is really insane. But it's happening. So... It really has changed, but the guy's right at this point. Refinance your properties. Hold on to them. If you can find something at a good price you like to buy, buy it. If you're looking for your first property, buy something that makes cash flow still. Solid buy. Good bones. Good location. And get started. But when you're ready to go to that next property, I'd consider very carefully before I sold. We've got just a few minutes left. left here. Let's see what this next one says. It says, I'm hoping this message reaches Del Wamsley. Listen to the radio show almost every day. I'm a truck driver, so I have lots of time to listen. I'm planning joining Lifestyles. I'm currently putting together funds to do so. My question is, how much money should a person reasonably expect to need to get started with Lifestyles? I'm looking forward to joining and learning from your program. Well, if you're looking to get started... We have memberships, the uh, introductory memberships that cost anywhere from two hundred to seven hundred dollars in different places, different times. But if you're looking to buy something right away, you need to have about twenty-five thousand bucks. With twenty-five thousand dollars, you can afford to buy a piece of real estate. There are times when you can buy for less than that. But I don't want to tell you that and then you join up and not find one you can get for less. So let's just say twenty-five and we'll start it there. Be right back with the Del Wamsy Radio Show.
0: SESPA Lifestyles Unlimited member retires in 10 months. The hardest part for me was to drop off my son, go to a job that I absolutely hated for five years, but know that that was a sacrifice that I needed to make, and then only be able to get to spend two hours with him after school before he had to go back to bed. So that's why once we started and we joined Lifestyles, we said, okay, we have a roadmap. We know what we're gonna do. And then a month later, we find out we're pregnant with baby number two, and we're like, okay, we gotta kick it up a notch. So that's how we were able to purchase four different properties and um, replace in 10 months. months Replaced my income in 10 months so that whenever I finished maternity leave, I didn't have to go back to work.
1: I think a, I think a couple of weeks before she baby came out is when we closed on a fourplex, and that was enough for her not to have to go back to work.
0: Are you ready for your roadmap to real estate retirement? Attend the online free workshop just like Carolina did. Register LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell
1: Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're hitting the mailbag and uh, working through some emails here. The next one we have is from Hawaii. It says, Aloha, Dell. I live in Hawaii and I started listening to your radio show. For about a year now. I love it. Thank you for what you do. With the rise in increasing inflation, the cost of living, especially in blue states and blue cities, there's a lot of people moving to red states. As a conservative, I'm probably going to be one of them. And I'm currently looking into moving to Dallas, Texas. Hawaii, unfortunately, has lost its sense of paradise due to how politics are here and cost of living is always increasing. That's too bad because, you know, I've been to Hawaii quite a few times. and It's beautiful. I love it there. I don't know how the economy is though, and I don't really know exactly the cost of living because I just went as a tourist all the time and I watch Hawaii five O all the time on TV, about every episode. I don't get a sense of it because it's just cops running around who don't have any cost of living at all. He goes on and says, My question is, what advice would you give to those trying to get started in real estate investing like me who live in blue states but can't get started when the average cost of housing and property is about a million dollars a property. That's just for house guys. That's Hawaii. That's also California, New York, where the average cost is a million dollars. And the answer to that is this. About five years ago, I took lifestyles nationally. Actually, we've had members nationally for years, maybe 10, 15 years we've had it. But we actually made it a overt decision to take it national, make everything that happened locally happen all over the country. And the education will be combination of national education, national mentoring, so on and so forth. And at that time, we coined a phrase, live where you want, invest where you should. And what's happened is, is that people who live in these blue states, blue cities that don't want to move out of them for whatever reason, and I can see why you might not want to move out of Hawaii. And by the way, we have a tremendous number of members in Hawaii. And this year, I am going to Hawaii. We got a big shindig coming up. I wish I had the date. I don't have the date in front of me, but we'll be advertising it before I go. And I'm taking probably ten of my crew with me, ten of my staff, uh, and we're going out there. I don't even know if really staff. I'll probably take. It maybe be 10 staff, but we'll probably take 20 or 30 investors with us that want to go. They'll make a vacation out of it. And we're going to have a big shindig there, real big shindig, including, you know, a, a luau and the whole bit. But there will be meetings and there will be case studies and the whole thing. So what do these people do? Most of these people that live in Hawaii invest in other states. Texas is one of those states, Florida, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, Indianapolis, We're all, you know, we've got properties all over the country, wherever the properties make sense. So in this day and age, you don't have to buy that rent house right around the corner from you. That doesn't really make sense in this day and age, especially with technology the way it is. So you can live where you want and buy where you should. Now, my choice is to live in Houston because there's no taxes here. And cost of housing, cost of living is very low. Uh, I live in a 16,000 square foot home uh, with a 20 car garage, two and a half acre backyard with a swimming pool and lazy river and kids pool and three koi ponds and a mountain. Uh, Just incredible landscaping. And uh, you can afford it here in Texas. Something like that out in California cost me 50 million bucks, I guarantee you just, it's unbelievable. But you can afford it here in Texas. And so I live here where you can have a nice life without eating up all your money, having a quality life. And in addition to that, there's no state income tax. So there's a lot of reason for me to live here and invest all over the place. And I have properties everywhere. In fact, I've got properties in at least 10 different states. At least, there may be even more than that. Might be 11 or 12. So I live here and I invest there. And you can do the same thing. You can live wherever you want, invest wherever you want. Now, his idea of getting out of there and moving to Dallas may not be a bad idea for him, depending on what his cost of living is. If his cost of living is so much that it's eating up all of his cash flow, and he has no money to be able to invest, then moving might make some sense. He goes on and says, And even if I could find the money to get started with the income property, duplicating it would cost too much or take too long to get the cash flow from another property. I feel like I need to move to places like Texas to at least start my first-income property. I have a house in Hawaii, and I'm thinking of renting it out if we move. But it might be smarter to sell it, invest in a house and multiple properties in Texas since it's more affordable there, and demand of housing is increasing. Yeah, just got done saying earlier in the show that I wouldn't sell anything right now, but a single house, and if he's saying that everything there costs a million dollars or more, I don't want to take a million-dollar home and turn it into a rental property. That's just too much damage that could occur. It just doesn't make sense to me. Now, if it's his family's home, he'll say, you know, I'm just making up a story. Let's say two generations lived there, three generations lived there. He raised up there, and, is, you know, and he wants to keep it. Then renting, it might make some sense. I think he'd be better off to sell the house, move to wherever he wants to move. If it's Dallas, that's fine. Buy himself a home. He could buy himself a great home for a fraction— I mean, a fraction, maybe a tenth of what he's paying for a home out there, and uh, live nice and have some money to invest. P.S., listening to you was a big reason I'm moving to Texas this year. I want to replace my income within five years. Well, that is a good goal because you can do it within five years in most cases. When I first started this program here, I analytically mapped it out. If you save 10% of what you earned or 20% of what you earned or something, and I put it on a spreadsheet and said, if you bought this house and took the rent from that one and then... Got another one and saved some money. Got another one and came up to seven years to retire for just about anybody. Because if you're living on 50000 a year, that's a lot easier to cover than 100000 a year. But if you're making 100000 a year, you can save more money than you can save at 50000 a year. So if you've got double the money coming in, you should be able to save double the money. And if you can save double the money, then you should be able to get there twice as fast, even though you have to cover more income. So if you think that one through for a second, you'll understand what I'm saying. In other words, it should take everybody about the same amount of time to retire. However, it doesn't. And since then, I retired in two and a half years. David Fisher did it in two years. That's why he's always out there throwing his deuces up there because he's that personality where he's got to outdo you in everything he does. And um, a lot of other people have done it in two years, three years. But what we're finding now is most people do it within three to five years are retiring, not seven Very few people are taking seven. Because if you get on it like you really want to retire, you'll probably get it done in two to four years. People that take seven, it's because they waited for three or four years to start getting on it. And then two years after they got on it, then it happened. And I've got another email here. It reads, Hi, Dell. Hope this email finds you well. I enjoy listening to your radio show and the opportunity to become a preferred member in January of 2021. So that was last year. So far, I've invested in three passive deals, 75000 in Houston, 50000 in Phoenix, Arizona, through my home equity loan, and 50000 in Atlanta through my self-directed IRA. So there you go. You see that? You've got one in Houston, one in Phoenix, and one apartment complex in Atlanta. That's spreading it out right there. And why would you want to do that? Well, you've got the diversification of location. You've got the diversification of different lead. So you're really spreading your risk out that way. My question is, how long on average does it take passive to achieve financial independence? I will be investing in another $50,000 as a passive in 2022. All right, well, that really takes into account multiple things. Let's talk about it. Let me see if I can write them down, a little things. The first thing is, is what is your cost of living? You've got to figure that out, right? And then the second thing is, is how much money do you have to invest? The next thing is, what rate of return are you earning on the money? And so, the simplest thing to do is just say, okay, let's look at how much money I have. Let's say I have a million dollars. And let's say the deals I'm looking at are going to earn 6%. Well, 6% of a million dollars is 60000 a year. Now, can you live on 60000 a year? If you could, you could retire in one deal. If you put all a million into one deal, or if you put in four different deals that average that much, you could get it all done right away. Now, let's say you live on much more than 60000 Well, the next step is decide, do you want to wait and invest more money? Or do you want to cut your cost of living? And remember, when you get rid of your job, you don't need a car for your wife, a car for you, a car for your kid. A car, da, 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 da. You don't really need all that stuff. You can have it, but you don't really need it. You can cut back your cost of all the expensive clothes you have to wear to go to work every day and the laundry and the dry cleaning and all this. There's a lot of ways you can cut costs if you're not going to work, eat at home, so forth. And so maybe you could cut your cost down to 60000 And be able to retire right away. In my mind, in most cases, I prefer not to cut my expenses to make a living. I prefer to increase my income. Most things in life can be solved with more income rather than just less expenses. Because you can't save your way to nothing. You can't live on nothing. So, what do you do? And then it comes down to the question, well, how long does it take? Well, most of the deals that we do, these apartment deals have been turning themselves around from anywhere from one to four years. In other words, we go in and we buy them at 25% down. And within one to five years, they have grown in equity by mortgage reduction, paying down the mortgage, and by equity increase, appreciation of the property, either by forced appreciation, where we go in and improve the property and make it worth more, or by just Pure inflation, which we're having now, cap rate compression, which we're having now, those kinds of things make it worth more. You say, well, why one to five years, Del? Well, what you find when you're looking at turning a property around, the number of units has something to do with how quickly you can turn it around. You know, I buy a 20-unit apartment complex, and I can turn that thing around in three months. I can evict 20 people, or evict half of them, remodel the units, let the people that want to move to the upgraded units and pay more rent move and then lease the other ones out. Fix them up when those guys move out or move the new ones and fix up the other ones and lease them out. And in three to six months, you can have that thing done. Rent increased, value up, and ready to move on to the next property, either by refinancing that one out, getting your money out and going again, or selling it and doubling up on the next one you buy. Now, take that up to 100 units, and that takes five times the amount of time five times the number of units. You go up to 200 units. Now you get 10 times the number of units you got to move. The Largest one I ever did was 320 units. Fortunately for me, when I bought the 320 units, they were only 20% occupied. So I didn't have to kick people out and put new people in. I just brought in construction companies and renovated it. Now, my partner and I, John, we came up with a really slick way of doing this. We actually hired three different construction companies to do the work because it's 320 units and we figured this could take us forever to do 320 units but instead what we did was we broke it up into three different projects. We gave the office, and the main grounds, the clubhouse, the laundry rooms, all of the the common area stuff to one construction company. That's yours and then we split the units in half between the other two companies and they each took off. So really it was like we were doing three different rehabs at the same time. Hence we completed all 320 units in 18 months, and we were full at the end of 18 months. We started out with about 20% occupancy, and we evicted almost everybody that was there by the time we were done because you know there were very bad clientele. And we had completely remodeled the place and uh, filled it back up with a different class of clientele. So once you remodel and you refinance and you go buy another property, now whatever that sixty thousand was, you've bought another one. Now you're gonna. Now make sixty plus another one, 60000 more. You're making 120000 a year and you're there. So it depends whether that's a one-year project of two, three, four, five-year project to do. Otherwise, I can't really answer your question as to how long. It's just going to depend on how much you need to do to get to where you want to be and how much you're starting with. Some people walk in here with enough money saved up to retire the day they come in. They just don't know it. They don't realize it. And boy, what a happy day, smile on their face when they find out you've already made it. You just didn't know. And that, my friends, is an unbelievable day.
0: Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. We all write our own books of life.
1: You decide early on in life what you want to be, what you want to do, where you want to live and unless you're just one of those type a wandering generalities as zig ziglar would call them if you're one of those wandering generalities just go around and do whatever the world wants you to do wherever the wind blows you go there if you're not one of those wandering generalities in life you have to have a plan you have to have a course and think about you say well the wind blows you sure the wind blows you but think about a sailboat the wind's blowing one direction sailboat wants to go the other way it still goes the other way it just tacks back and forth and inches its way to where it wants to go but when the wind gets behind it boom it takes off and goes real fast that's the way life is we tack back and forth many times fighting against a a strong headwind to get where we want to go And then something changes and opens up our eyes and we can see a new way and the wind gets to our back and boom, we blow up and go. That's the way life really works. But remember, we don't do this just to have money. We do this for the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.